Welcome to Divine Throughline. I'm Ma Ananda Srimati, sometimes known as Julie Pyatt, that other person. Um, I'm here to share with you musings and perspectives on what it really truly means to live a life divine. Thank you so much for joining me. So I'm just getting settled after my travels to Barcelona and Malta. Um, Just returned a few days ago, and I just came off of the trails, walking my dogs in the Santa Monica Mountains um, in Topanga Canyon, actually. And it's really good to be back. We're so blessed to live where where we live in this amazing abundance of nature and mountains and beauty. And uh, I'm really happy to be uh, kind of in a new phase of my life. Um, I am going to be cultivating many, many things that have been dear to me for many years. And my first solo retreat in Malta was the start of that. And I have an entire episode that we actually recorded during the retreat. It was a really, really deep, meaningful retreat on every level. And we all uh, came out of that three and a half day experience, which felt like a month experience, (laughs) Um, definitely transformed. So I was blessed by everybody who came. And I'm going to share all about that um, soon, maybe the next podcast. Uh, But I really came home to... um, a topic, a subject, a condition of life on planet Earth that really needs, um, it's calling for some attention and for some discussion and some reflection. And on the way home, I actually stopped back through Barcelona on the way back and took the girls to La Familia Sagrada. And it was so cool how it was, uh, for me, very, very, um, uh, I'd say more... Uh, specific and earth-like and nature-based on the exterior with this incredible sculpture of people and nature and community and trees and leaves and animals and people. Um, Quite extraordinary. Um, But what I was very surprised about was walking inside the futuristic vibration of the space uh, was unlike any church I've ever been in, of course. Um, But it was so futuristic and so modern, and it felt like a space station or a multidimensional portal of some sorts. So I really loved that experience. And uh, Mathis, my 13-year-old daughter, asked me to take a bunch of pictures of her. And much to my delight, she gave me permission to post one of those photos. Um, It's a photo that I captured of her, and I really feel like... She looks like the Mona Lisa in it. You can see it on my Instagram feed. And it was interesting that she gave me permission to use it because she had forbid me to post any photos of her on the entire trip. And I took some really nice photos of her, what I think are nice photos. And she was just, you know, very private and didn't want me to share. But she gave me permission to share that one. And I think part of the reason she did is because I posted, I wanted to use it as Uh, the beginning of me sharing a story of sexual harassment and 
sexual abuse, uh, both by perpetrator and also by myself, uh, the disregard and disrespect that I held for myself, um, and in a very, very tender age of 13 is when it began. And so uh, she approved my post, she read it, and she said, Mom, you can post it. So anyway, I'm grateful for her that she allowed me to share that and um, kind of um, lend me support as I came forward to share my own experience of, you know, what it meant to lose my virginity and to be seeking for love inside sexual um, encounters with countless young men um, that never seemed to uh, fruit. They never delivered the promise uh, that I had hoped for. So anyway, um, as I returned back, actually was reflecting on that on the plane. And since I got home, and it was a subject that, you know, I, I just couldn't not say something because I have a very specific history with this condition or this experience. And also earlier in my 20s, um, I worked in the garment business and I worked for very powerful men that were worth hundreds of millions of dollars. And they were preying on their employees. I mean, just blatantly. And they were married, they had children, you know, many of them were very religious, and I would ride up in the elevator to work with them with their rabbis and holy men from far off places, and it was just the biggest hypocrisy, um, and it was, you know, it was, it was rough, it was, you know, you could feel the power and that entity of that power and that money, and then, you know, you're in your 20s and you're trying to navigate business, and it was the 80s. So there was not a lot of people speaking out, and it was really before uh, sexual harassment cases, or I would have been a very rich young woman. Um, not that I would have wanted to be tied to money in that way. But uh, anyway, it was just, it was kind of remarkable and also kind of hilarious, uh, kind of comical when you pull back and look at it, at the absurdity of the behavior and the immaturity of uh, various men that were in those roles of power. But also, um, somehow, something within me, you know, maybe I had had enough uh, of seeking love, you know, in my early teens by, you know, sacrificing my body or, you know, I just, I just wasn't going to have it. And I didn't care if they fired me. Like, I didn't even get to that thought, um, you know, are they going to fire me or am I going to lose my job? And I remember the first time that it happened, um, uh, I, you know, reacted very loudly and kind of violently and kind of in their face. And I was walking on the trail today and I was thinking about, you know, what they tell you, if you encounter a wild animal, you should be very large, like larger than they are, right? And I was equating that kind of action to what I, what I did spontaneously in my early 20s with these you know, very, very powerful men. I mean, one of them would make me pick him up at his home at 6 a.m. in my Honda Civic when, you know, he had a Ferrari sitting in the driveway. And, you know, nothing happened on those drives, but it was the beginning of sort of establishing, like, I am your boss and I am control and you will do what I tell you to do, uh, even if it's before or after the hours of nine to five. And, some of those experiences were not um, like I had I I I cut them off before they started. Um, the first time that I was you know in the showroom working and I felt this caress on the back of my neck by my boss, 
you know, I kind of understood what was about to go down. And we were set to go to New York, and he called me and, and, and announced to me that I would be going to New York with him and that we would be staying at his friend's apartment. And uh, I remember feeling kind of uncomfortable, and I called him back, and I said, uh, I will not be going to New York with you. And here's like a 20-year-old girl talking to, you know, a 50-year-old man who's her boss. And I said, I will not be going to New York with you. And, and he kind of said, you know, he's kind of startled. And he said, well, why? What do you mean you won't be coming to New York with me? And I said, well, I'm the West Coast sales manager. And that means that I'm in charge of the West Coast. And I have a market coming up. And I have a lot of phone calls to make. So I won't be coming to New York with you. And there was kind of this big silence, and he kind of was like, oh, okay. But it was a subliminal message was, I am not available for that experience with you. And I managed to do it in this really, you know, stealth way where I didn't insult him. I didn't embarrass him, but I let him know at the beginning that this was not going to happen. And for the rest of my career there, I did very well. Um, he paid me well. He gave me raises. He taught, he treated me very nicely and he, he just didn't come around to me for that kind of interaction. And there were a lot of other girls that did and that were available for that kind of interaction. Um, and then later in my life, I remember being locked in my showroom by the brother of one of the most powerful men in the garment business, um, talking $400 million worth, something like that. And I worked next door to his wife and rode up in the elevator with her every day. And he came in my showroom when I was on the phone and he locked me in. And I was the only one there. There was no, no other exit. It was on the eighth floor of a high-rise building in downtown Los Angeles. And I was on the phone with my San Francisco sales rep and I told her, if I hang up the phone, call the police. Um, and then he proceeded to put a cracker in his mouth and lay himself over my desk, which, you know, don't ask me, like, <laughs> why he thought that would be sexy. Uh, but I was, again, very, very loud and very in his face and told him to leave, and it was like no uncertain terms that I was up for this at all. And when he left, I called my boss, who was in New York, and I remember screaming at him just saying, is this part of my job description? Because if it is, I quit. I'm out of here. I'm not doing this. And he just was like, calm down, Julie. He called there, called the headquarters. And, you know, they all kind of knew. They were like, stay away from her because she's not playing. And I was able to function and work and make money and do what I needed to do. Um, and that was my experience uh, in those situations. Um, but many, many, many young women were not. Maybe they weren't strong enough. Maybe they were still trying to work out, you know, various issues. Um, but this is something that is rampant in the culture. And what I want to talk about today, you know, I, I had kind of shared this on my Instagram, and I'm not really interested in, in calling out perpetrators or, um, you know, I guess you could say because I approach life from a more spiritual perspective, I'm not looking for the justice system. Like, that's not where my healing is. That's not where my resolution is. And the thing that I wanted to talk about today with regards to this very, very vast subject that really is much bigger than even 
you know, the situation that I just told you about, like it's happening in so many different facets of this culture. It's just crazy. Um, but what I want to talk about is I want to talk about the planetary and spiritual uh, conditions of what's what sets up this entire play that we're having on planet Earth. And one of the things is that if we go back to uh, this fairy tale princess uh, paradigm of romantic love, of that, you know, there's a prince on a horse who's going to gallop up and he's going to rescue his damsel in distress and he's going to save her. Um, and this is uh, infiltrated through all of the fairy tales, all the Disney. Like, if you really look at it as a program, it's like there is some woman who is almost dead. Or, be, or her life is being threatened, and it's usually by an older, ugly woman, right? So subliminally, that already puts in our subconscious that when a woman becomes a certain age, she is ugly, undesirable, and violent, you know, or a bad person. Um, so usually the older woman is out to, you know, uh, kill the younger beauty, the princess, the prize, and then the prince comes in and rescues her from this condition. Um, and it's interesting. I was re also reflecting on my own experience because I did not play with Barbies and I didn't go see a bunch of movies when I was young. You know, I, I was in nature a lot and I loved animals. So I had a lot of stuffed animals, but that's really the only toy that I can remember that I had. I don't remember games or Barbies or any dolls or anything like that. However, even within me, even though I wasn't really exposed to all of that, I still grew up desiring romantic love. I'm a hopeless romantic and wanted that, wanted to be that, that desire of the man, wanted to be the only one. And the way that it manifested in my own life was my first husband that I was married to, um, I, it was an abusive relationship, uh, verbally, physically abusive, and it had a cycle of experience. So it would be, I would be the most coveted, most desirable, most special woman on the planet. And then uh, I would fall from that pedestal for some reason, you know, who knows what it was, uh, a question you know, uh, the coffee not being hot enough, you know, I don't, I, don't, I don't really remember. And then I would go from that position of uh, princess to whore in literally a nanosecond. Then I would be uh, this low life that was in the gutter, kicked, spit on, locked in rooms, um, you know, very, very violent situation and one that I never expected to find myself in. It wasn't something that I grew up seeing. You know, my mom and dad had a very uh, great relationship in marriage for most of their life. I never saw him, you know, even yell at her or it was just a very bizarre occurrence to find myself in the middle of this relationship. Um, then after that, as I moved on from that, I moved into really the epitome of a fairy tale relationship. And that was my boy's father, um, who literally rescued me from being a battered woman and nurtured me and loved me in the best way um, to heal me into the creative being that I am. 
when I met him, I had no confidence. Um, I had just been completely beaten down. So I experienced this wonderful fairy tale marriage with him, which was absolutely divine for eight years. And we traveled, we worked. I became a fashion designer. He headed one of the largest real estate companies in the country. We were truly a power couple in every sense of the word. And we, you know, brought our two divine boys into our life. Um, So it was an extremely amazing experience. And yet, as I healed and as I came into my own and didn't need the rescuing anymore, uh, the relationship came to completion. That experience of love had come into completion. And after that, I met my current love, Rich Roll, who I've been with for 18 years. And I would say that this relationship has been the closest to really a divine union of equality. You know, we were much more evenly matched in age. And uh, one of the things that I loved about Rich, which I've shared before, is the fact that he didn't try to solve all my problems. He wasn't coming in as this knight in shining armor. He was like, yeah, I'm kind of, I'm kind of struggling and you know, I have a lot of faults um, and I see that you're in pain and I'm going to stand here with you while you go through your own pain, but there's not anything that I can do for your pain type of thing. And that was just such a relief, I think, to, to, to have somebody not solving my life, not stepping in my space and solving my life. So that's just kind of the, the groundwork of my experience. But if we go ahead and pull out and look at the planet at large, um, we can see that this prince-princess paradigm, the same reflection of it in a different way is victim, vict- victimizer. So rapist, victim, right? If you need somebody to rescue you, it's the same energy as someone taking advantage of you. Every being has enough light and enough life force to sustain, sustain itself, to fulfill itself, to become whatever that design of creation uh, that we were you know, destined to be. So nobody needs to be rescued. And part of the reason that this paradigm has been set up on the planet is to uh, make us forget that as women, we have our own source light. We have our own own energy. We don't need to be uh, rescued. And this level of love is not really it. It's not really the ultimate love. Sexual energy is divine energy. For me, sexual energy is creativity, it's creative energy, and it's spirituality. It's spiritual energy. That's what sexuality is. It is a divine, sacred energy that exists in our bodies. It is to be cherished, explored, expressed, experienced in divinity. And the issue is, Almost none of us know how to do that. We've been brainwashed in this paradigm that what what great sex is, is objectifying ourselves so that we're very sexy. And we've all played into this. I mean, I'm raising my hand the highest right now. So please understand, I've done all of it, you know. And as women, you know, we're, we've, been, uh, we've been brought up to, you know, to know that if you want to have a good relationship with a man, you know, that being very adept at sex, being very able to, you know, seduce, 
to manipulate, to, you know, be that, you know, the object of his desire is, is part of the play. Um, and I would say that's a level of experience. Um, and I would say that there's so much more to be gained, experienced, and shared beyond that. Um, so I'm not... Um, I'm more interested in us looking and solving this issue within ourselves. And, um, you know, I'm not saying at all, you know, in any way, shape, or form that um, somebody inflicting violence on another person is because of the way a woman dressed or what she said or what her energy was. Um, of course, that's absolutely nonsense. And when somebody says no, it means no. And, you know, these kind of games and power trips that men have been, um, you know, uh, you know, putting on women for, you know, thousands of years are just, you know, it's enough already. Like, we are so done with this situation. But what I'm saying is, is that, you know, is it, is it resolved if the perpetrator gets his justice? Like, what is justice, you know? And what about the guys that have been, raised in the same paradigm. You know, like they've been told you need to be the knight in shining armor and you need to be the strong one and the one that takes his woman, the one that shows his strength. And of course I'm using this in a male, female, heterosexual format, but you know, you can just use these energies as divine um, feminine or masculine, right? Not divine as I'm speaking of them now, but uh, hopefully we will graduate to a place of being able to experience these energies as divine. So, you know, it's not about someone getting their justice. It's about us figuring out the game that's been played on us and opting out and saying, yeah, I'm not doing that anymore. You know, I'm not playing that game anymore. I mean, nobody gets away with anything. It's universal law. No one is getting away with anything. Even if you think no one knows about it, you are the sum total of your experiences. And if the justice, or I would say balancing, if the balancing isn't getting you this life, well, there's still another life. So we can all just relax and understand that you know everybody will get whatever they deserve, all the blessings, all the amazing things they did, and the consequences of any other actions uh, where you inflicted harm on a person, took advantage, manipulated. These, there's nowhere to hide. You cannot hide from yourself. And the greater consciousness knows this, and you've chosen these experiences for your evolution, for your becoming. So again, this is a really amazing time for us to state the truth. You know, I really felt like I had... I couldn't just not say something because I've experienced that sexual discrimination at such a high level that, you know, I wanted to speak out. I want to be clear what I posted on Instagram. I am taking also responsibility for uh, the way that I mistreated myself, the fact that I was seeking love in the opposite sex and I was trying to make that connection and I had not realized how sacred sex was, and how much I was hurting my body. So I'm not saying that, you know, I had a hand in it. I, I had a need. I, I, I entered into those sexual relations for a promise of love. I was trying to get love. So I was missing something within myself. 
same way as every actress in Hollywood who is trying to get a role. It's like that's the imbalance. The imbalance is that you're willing to, or some were, some weren't, you know, or you got afraid or you didn't know what to do because you knew you were trying to function. But again, if you, if we know that we're God and we know that we're divine and we realize that no promise, no job, no role, no material thing is worth sacrificing yourself over, we would be a lot more verbal and there'd be a lot more women that would be like, hey, you know, back off. So um, I think it's a, it's a, like a consequence of, of us being um, in adoration of power of money and power in, you know, in industries, not just the entertainment industry, but all over. People are revered for their bank account. So if a man has a lot of money, then he has a lot of power. And I know a lot of women have a hard time, excuse me, would have a hard time like, um, you know, going against that, just calling him out. You know, it's scary. It's like, oh, that's so you know, this is a really powerful person, you know, how can I do this? And then, of course, there's the selfish thought, you know, well, this is my big break in Hollywood, you know, and I want it so bad. So, you know, this is my break. So if I just, I mean, I think as women, you know, at least as, you know, how I am and how I, how I navigated, you know, my, one of my first experiences of sexual abuse in the workplace, I was... I was stealth enough to do it where I didn't, uh, I didn't offend him. And that allowed me to still have a good experience. Um, but then, you know, you ask a question like, why should we? Why should anybody have to be stealth? Why should you, you know, why should you even be dealing with, with that um, in any format? So um, the good news is, is that I feel like this prince-princess paradigm is completely crumbling. It's being completely dismantled. And this appearance of this condition has been brought up for that reason. And so it's more important that it's that the covers have been pulled off of it, that we're like, yeah, we know what's going on. You know, okay, we see it. So now we have a choice whether to participate in it or not. Or maybe next time you're in that situation, you might reflect on your inner feelings. Like, what is your drive? What is going on? Like, how are you manipulating? Um, the other thing is that um, we have a right to rescind participation. And this calls for, you know, a healing, a practice, um, just an observation even to uh, seek something that is more meaningful, more divine, more connected, and stepping out of some of those paradigms. I want to make the statement, though, again, that these paradigms of man, woman, uh, rescue, rescue, rescued, victim, victimizers, they exist in the planetary grid. And... Uh, a lot of people say that, you know, uh, sex in any form is awesome, even if it has violence or some uh, fetishes or like some bizarre uh, qualities to it. And, you know, I would say uh, that many of these are imbalances and they are in fact dark. Uh, because anytime that you bring 
violence into sex and that that evokes a pleasure reaction, something is out of balance. But what I would say is that all of us, the fact that we are earthlings living on planet earth, we are all exposed to these feelings. And you may have a feeling arise in your body that is not an alignment of how you really feel, of what your intention is. And we have to understand that as human beings on planet Earth, we are tied or we have some of these overlays that are in the system. And this is why your mind is not your friend. Your mind should not be running your existence. You have to feel into your heart of what is right for you. And you have to understand that the mind could be receiving impulses that are projected onto it from energies that are not in alignment with human divinity. And they want this darkness and the sexual abuse. Why do you think there's so much sexual abuse? It's because that's where our sacred power is. So this sexual abuse is being manipulated, is being toyed with so that we forget who we are, so that other energies can siphon off of this you know, dark activities. And in this particular case, uh, it's to suppress the, the female, the woman, because the women are the keepers of the flame. We're the keepers of the spiritual knowledge. And as women in this evolution of the planet and this new moment, we have an opportunity to redefine what it means to be a divine woman, a beautiful woman, a, a beloved woman, which part of that includes amazing sex, maybe, you know, possibly, absolutely. Um, so we are sexual beings. Sexual energy is divine. And we, have, we don't know how to treat it as such. Um, we had a lot of kind of like free sex and, you know, oh, it's great. And we're free women. So, you know, we can screw whoever we want. And, you know, that didn't go so well. You know, it's like sex is sacred, it's divine. It's to be experienced as a divine energy. It can transform, it can manifest, it can activate, it can, um, you know, connect you in the deepest, deepest way with your divine nature. Um, and none of us are interacting with it in that way. So um, I want to offer some healing techniques. I'm going to do another uh, podcast after this one, and it's going to be dealing with some of these issues of rescinding with these paradigms. And I'm going to share a, an experience that I had a few months ago. And many of you know that I'm 55. I'm very, um, you know, open about my age and um, like, haha, like, you know, you would be an idiot if you weren't because of the internet and anybody can find out anything, but <laughs> no, I'm not, I'm not shy of saying how old I am. Um, I, uh, I am cultivating an experience of what it means to be an eternal being. And if you look at the entire universe or the cosmos or the multiverse or the omniverse, you can see that age 55 is just a baby. I mean, a child, a very small infant in the scheme of things. So, um, but what I'm interested in cultivating is this idea of eternity. And um, I think we need to remember that women 
come into their own after childbearing years. Like that's when all their Shakti comes alive and they are mostly powerful and most embodied and most able to move and cultivate change and beauty and love and healing and amazing magnificence. And in our culture, we have uh, been teaching the other, we have been, have this suppression on us that when a woman can no longer have children, she's used up. And, you know, we have menopause and all the social conditioning around that, all the negative judgment and assessment. And yet men go through something called menopause as well, but it's simply not talked about. So it's menopause, but it's really not. There's not a lot of, um, let's say, concepts or ideas about, you know, men, you know, men lose their mind, you know, the, the same way that they project this on women. So as women, we have a right right now to disconnect and rescind participation with these paradigms, with these programs of being old, of being used up, of going into the paradigm where you're married to a man and then at a certain age, he trades you in for a younger model. Um, and I had a dream about three months ago or something like that, um, where I can't remember exactly, but the, the gist of the dream was that, uh, Rich had made that choice. There was some, some woman younger than I was, and I was very angry at him in the, in the dream. And he, you know, he chose a younger model and there it was the, the classic paradigm that everybody is you know, waiting to see unfold, right? Or, you know, not just with us, but with every single, every single relationship. Um, and what I did is I took responsibility for that and I went into meditation and I rescinded any, any participation with that program. I disconnected my reality from that program completely, fully and totally. And I took back my power and activated myself as an eternal being of love. I am eternal, uh, and I am only getting more and more beautiful as I gain more and more awareness. And I'm able to share that awareness, not just with one man, but with humanity at large, with creation at large. This is what we have to understand, that we are all multidimensional entities. We are powerful beyond measure. And we are able to embody our divinity and shift creation, not just humanity, not just this planet, not just your own husband or wife, but the entire omniverse is affected by stepping into this awareness. And when the human being is connected with her awareness or his awareness, there is nothing more powerful. You cannot be harmed. We are eternal beings. That means there is no death. There is no death, only the death program existing on this planet. So I wanted to share these things. I hope that was well expressed. Um, those are many of the things uh, that I was thinking about uh, that I think are important. And I really see this as a, a fantastic opportunity. And I also want to say that, you know, I love men and I, you know, I have boys who, who are men. I've been in many relationships, I've been in love many times in my life, and uh, men are beautiful. This is not about attacking men as a whole, and the entire play has been set up this way as a manipulation to uh, suppress us, to keep us from the truth. 
So again, the healing isn't in, you know, the burning of the witch or the burning of the perpetrator. The healing is in us understanding what conditions we are living in and what is our opportunity to transform and change and rise out of all of this. Um, it just, it's an, it's an internal shift. When enough people make the shift internally, it will cease to exist and it will transform into something much more beautiful and much more expanded. I feel the young ones that are coming up behind us, they're, they're so done with this whole prince princess situation. They're just, they're not buying in. There's so many of them that are not identifying with gender altogether, or they're identifying with liking all genders, or they're refusing to be labeled, um, that they get it. Like they can see it from their vantage point. And I, I don't think, well, I, there's a large set of young people that are not looking for a prince or princess situation. It's a much different expression. Not that all of them are connected with their divinity, uh, but at least that paradigm is not interesting to them. And, um, you know, it's just, it's kind of old. It's just old and beat. And it's, it's not sexy and it's not cool. And we're kind of done with it. So that's kind of cool, I think, on that level. So anyway, I hope that was uh, helpful and enlightening and gave you some things to ponder. And once again, just wanting to say one more time that sex is divine. It is divine. It is the most sacred energy that we have as humans. And if you're doing it with yourself or doing it, you know, with someone you love or you're in a committed relationship or you, you know, exploring with a consenting adult, um, then fantastic, you know, amazing. Um, see how you can create a more divine space around it and understand what you're entering into and the power of what you've been given. Um, I will also probably do another healing technique around uh, sexual healing and, um, you know, share more. Uh, so anyway, thanks so much for listening. Uh, I appreciate you guys so much. I want to thank everybody who's donating on Patreon, all you tribe members and everybody who donated on PayPal. I want to give a special shout out to my dear friends, June and Jeff Lauks, um, and all the Patreon uh, clan. You guys have been amazing, and thank you for your, um, your support and your love uh, of this work and what I'm sharing. Um, what else can I tell you? Um, Italy is almost sold out. I actually, uh, we picked up six people in Malta who are coming. So we have only a few spaces left for the Italy, May Italy retreat. If you're interested in doing that with Rich and I, it's the end of the month. I think the 19th to the 26th of May, you need to email quickly and, um, and snatch up those last, uh, spaces. I'm going to be at the Seed Miami, uh, this weekend, uh, the first, second, third, fourth, fifth and we are doing I'm teaching yoga at summit I'm doing a panel with rich we're going to talk about food addiction and other addiction and then I'm doing a dinner actually at love life wellness center 
It's kicking off uh, their recovery center uh, that is designed to support addiction recovery. I'm going to be doing some multidimensional healing and work with those individuals, and I couldn't be more honored and more excited uh, to participate. And also wanted to let you guys know that many of you have been writing in for sessions, and I've been working with you guys, and it's been quite amazing uh, what we've been discovering together, and it's a very, very meaningful experience, um, something that I think is very worthy of my time and your time. So thank you for your response. Uh, once again, uh, I am just doing this now. Uh, it does not mean that I will be doing this for a very long time. I think that uh, there will come a time where I actually move into an online web format uh, that is more done as a collective instead of individual sessions. So if you fancy yourself in working with me personally, um, that opportunity is available right now. And uh, not sure how long I'll do it, but it, like I don't see myself doing that as my gig um, for years to come. So anyway, um, uh, go ahead and email in and I can get you on the schedule if you have interest for that. And um, what else? Subscribe to my news newsletter at srimati.com. You can follow me at Instagram at srimati. And if you haven't gotten our plant power meal planner and you're wanting to eat healthy and be more organized and have support, um, then uh, check it out. It's really, really cool. People are loving it, and uh, it's only like $1.90 a week. So you can find that on my website. It's also in the newsletters that go out every week. And, um, and that's it. So this cheese is nuts. If you don't have a copy yet, I hope you're picking one up. Um, I served cheese at the end of the retreat in Malta. It was... They were losing it. They were really, really into it. And... Uh, more soon, but I'm in the throes of working on commercializing the cheese, so it's getting kind of exciting. It's going to be fun to see how it all sets up. It looks like it's coming together beautifully and miraculously. And uh, I'm going to be entering into working on some music uh, coming up and also my memoir, finally. So I'm in a super creative moment right now. It's very grateful. I love October. It's such a beautiful time of year. I was talking to my son yesterday, and we were just both sharing how we just love, I love this time of year more than any other. It's really, it was the, the year that I bought the land for the house, um, and there's something about the quality of the light and just the shift of season that is just divine. So I'm sending everybody lots of love and blessings in their own lives and to all of the beings who are experiencing suffering, just so much love and compassion. And I'm holding you in your awareness that you will rise into your divinity and experience your eternal self. And in the meantime, I'm sending you oceans of grace to wrap around you, beneath you, through you, permeate your heart and your soul and may you know that all is well and that you are loved so immensely. So thanks so much, you guys. And um, we'll have another podcast up soon. Um, have a blessed week. Namaste. Namaste.